Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright. I can't talk right now. I've got to go to suppress. There's public awareness. i got to suppress. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Minute 25, which begins with more me and ends with a tap on the chest. Joining us on the show today, we have James Anderson and Colin Parker from Timeline Scavengers. Hello, gents. Hey, Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, hardest working guys in time right here. <laughs> I like that. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I like that a lot. That's uh, That's got to be a t-shirt or something, yeah. I'm going to get that on a business card right now. Yeah, right put now. that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. I would love to start this off, uh, if you will, before we before we get to any kind of clips. Oh, okay. Oh, business. God, that big Colin energy is coming in strong. Right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's just simply, I want to do this before I forget. Uh, I, I will not reveal my source, uh, but I will say that I have received an email that says, hey, Marvel Movie Minute is doing the uh, blank was in the mentalist bit. So I, I wanted to say that I... I appreciate the the email from the person. I don't think it's taking a bit. What I like to see this as is I love the idea that this is. Well, let's check the check the claim before we before we. That, well, okay. I was what I was going to say simply was was that I love that like all the Marvel shows are getting in on the ground floor on the Mentalist universe being a part of the MCU. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with how we're being called out right now. I don't know how I don't know how to rationalize it in my worldview, but I also celebrate the mentalist Yay! universe. There we go. Yeah. And uh, appreciate that. And for any infraction that we have done to you or this listener. No, no, no. I, I, the mentalist clear. Is for I don't think it's an infraction. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, no, 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 this is good news. That means we have more people to potentially yes. talk to when we start our mentalist uh M- mentalist cinematic universe uh podcast oh, yeah. the mentalist, <laughs> you, could, you could timeline scavengers the mentalist there's lots of flashbacks in that one there certainly are good lord i'll get to work on there's it. definitely a lot of flashbacks to the same scene too so you could just cover <laughs> it once and then be good for about lots of time but you gotta cover it yeah <laughs> each time from the different characters perspective you gotta talk yeah. about it from, mm, yeah, yeah. We're, we're 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 walking in the door again. This week we have as our guests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what's on the wall. Bet we all know what it is. Oh man! Wow. But I I like what you said there, though, James, about walking in the door because I will I'll, I'll help pull us back into the the real show here after I did my bit because I just I just want to say I was excited that it has made the that it is like it is traversing the the sound waves. Uh, maybe this will help them bring back the mentalist. I think that's my end goal. Um, <laughs> but mm. I had no idea. I feel like we're, be- we're part of the lobbying arm of the mentalist. <laughs> Whether you like it or now. not, you're you're now a source, a sighted source. <laughs> you didn't have to tell us. We just knew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, so, uh, so bringing it back, we're talking about doorways and everything, but I am curious because you, this is a minute that you two picked to come here and, um, what is it specifically about this minute that drew you in? Is it? I'll field this question. Okay, yes. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> yeah, <there it> is. <laughs> 
so going back to the mentalist. Here's the, <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I read your tells, and uh, no. Uh, so here's here's the process. We get the email. Time to pick the uh, the Avengers minutes. We're splitting it up this time. Hey, Colin, are there any minutes you want? Yeah, I want this one, and I want that one. Great. And we throw the rest into a random number generator because that's how I live my life. Wow. Oh, outstanding. Exactly. Yeah. So you've given zero thought to why this minute is the most. I, I get it. Okay. All right. Well, Excellent. that also means this was not one that Colin picked. So this is not Correct. specific Yeah, you'll know it, it, it's the most iconic. We, we, we got it on the ground floor for the most. So iconic. a particular pose of a certain group uh-huh. of people toward the end of the film might be something that you might have picked. Okay. We might have Colin okay. James yeah. back on the show. Who knows? Okay. But who knows? All right. Our listeners now know they can expect uh, these two back. Right, yeah, yeah. Unless, unless yeah, I burn okay. my mentalist bridge now. Um, <laughs> but I, actually, what's funny, though, is that the, the uh, random number generator did me good because uh, this is, you know, within the like, I guess there's only, what, 30 seconds maybe right before this with Tony Stark in it? You know, this is basically, right. like, the first full minute of Tony Stark in The Avengers. And I have to say that I think Marvel's Iron Man suit designs peaked right here. Hmm. Oh. The Iron Man 2 and early part of Avengers film, uh, Mark Six suit, with the uh, triangle shape uh, in it. That's your favorite. Yeah. Uh, the end game and Infinity War suits, like, they get a little, like, because he's doing the nanotech thing, it gets too, like, human body shaped to, for me. It, it, yeah, it's like you can see sinew in yeah. the place. And like, you like it a yep. little bulkier. Yeah. Ex- the, the sense that it's an actual thing that is going on to a person. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think it's cool and love the idea of the suits that can kind of form from anywhere kind of situation. But like, even if he's going to nanotech it, I wish it would still have the slight chunky feeling to it. Because it almost feels like he's like in just iron flesh. Oh, you know, in those last two movies, and it's it's a little <laughs> uncomfortable. It's a different picture. <laughs> they were going to call it Iron Flesh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was already taken. Uh, but I I do I, I do agree with you because why? Like once you get to those movies, what's the difference between Iron Man suit and the Spider Man suit, the Tom Holland Spider Man suit? Right? It's all every, freaking everybody's nanotech. We all wear our uniforms in a ring like Green Lantern. Like why? Why does it even matter anymore? So except I'm except with for that. Pepper, <laughs> except for Pepper, right? She, she Pepper doesn't need that yet, right? I don't know right. why, but <laughs> that's that's a weird thing. For yeah. me, it's it's Mark One or nothing. I just think it's all downhill from when they left. Interesting. The game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the case? Uh, I don't know. It's it's tough because like I, it's cool like that we made suits that didn't require a full on like walking monologue to put on. You know, because I'll tell you, yeah. Although Aaron we, Sorkin's Iron Man, yeah, that's true. We have talked a lot there, about there's some walking dogs that are yeah, yeah, wanting like a West Wing of the Marvel world yeah. that would be good. <laughs> Just slow nanotexture yeah. just sort of absorbs <laughs> over five minutes in a hallway. Avengers West Coast West Wing. And then yeah, Hulk right. says right. bruh for some reason. You're like, why is this happening? <laughs> 
anyway, so this one, the walk and talk on the path is cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is very cool. Oh, for sure. This rules. The the walk and talk on the path. And I, I definitely want to talk about the car wash. Before we get to the car wash, though, let's talk a little bit because because we're coming in on this conversation between Tony and Pepper. At the end of our last minute, he says that it looks like Christmas. And the punchline to it, I mean, it's it's cute that he says Christmas. And, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, we're going to have a Christmas-themed Iron Man right. 3, right. you know, it's all kind of cute. But... The punchline is at the start of this one, and it just is so like self-centered, perfect Tony, the way that it plays. And I, I love the way that it's written where he, we get the, but with more me. And Tony is so self-centered, and these lines that come out of his mouth sometimes, you just can't believe that someone would actually say these sorts of things. Because there are certain, you know, uh, political figures who say things like this sometimes, and I just want to punch them. But this one... It, it just, it comes across so genuinely funny that I, I find that it works so exceptionally well, um, the way that these things play out. I mean, I, you know, how, how does this, this written version of Tony work for you? Because this is the first time we've seen him under a different uh, writer-director's hands. I think that it this and then my favorite line in the scene, uh, oh yes, because I was directly involved, uh, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> if, uh, if you and I are thinking of the same political figures... He has a deep ore of uh, good works and like uh, he thinks about other people, even if he's like, I rule. It's sort of like I rule and let me shower that on other people, like the the generosity I give myself. It's almost like extreme self-care. And I think that that's a, pr- a pretty naive and wild take to say. But like when he's like more me. He's not like more me and I'm the only one. It's like a an ego and so it gives him the confidence to help other people. Okay, so it's really clear that I don't think we're all talking about Margaret Thatcher. So <laughs> I'm way off base. Oh, I, but oh, I do think okay. it's important to add on to that that he's that that the other bit of context that matters is who he's talking to. For sure. That this this bit of bravado given to Pepper as played by Gwyneth Paltrow, who it looks like knows she's in this movie, <laughs> yes. is uh, actually, yeah. I think, really sweet. Because he, you get the feeling that he can go out there and say these things, but is grounded by her, and that is important. So I think it's it's super smart banter for them. Yeah, I was going to say the kind of the similar thing, which is that like it's definitely all always about who he's talking to for sure. Because like in this moment, it is very clearly like this is banter. Like I'm being silly. Like I am aware of like what the, the split is or whatever, or even if it is like, because he does all of the math and stuff like that, but she sort of sees like the overall, like logistics of it. We all understand what the actual percentage of that is, but you would, you would like respectfully say 50 50, but because he's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to you know do like the nudge nudge, like, you know, because I can mess with you. I'll say it's mostly me, you know, but it's the, it's very much like on what James is saying too. Right. Because like, I think that oftentimes when he says these things, it is almost actually kind of like a slight self deprecation thing as well in a way. Cause it's like, he's almost overdoing it, but he does it like with a smile, like a, like a, like a fun little grin, like, ooh, I'm getting away with something. Like, I'm I'm silly. Yeah, I'm a silly little <laughs> goose, right? Like, 
the way that he says it, you know, but like when someone like, if only he had said that too. Yeah. But like when you've got like, (laughs) aren't I just a silly little goose? Yeah. When you've got trumpet and you've got, you know, elongated muskrat, like they're out there and they're painting themselves up as if they are actually, you know, the greatest thing that's ever walked this planet. And you should actually be thanking them for these things. But, like, they're not doing anything because they care about other people. They're only doing it to protect their own self things where, you know, he's actually, you know, trying to do things better for other people. I mean, I know this is way in advance, but, like, a good example of this is every single thing that, like, went wrong with former suits of his, he uh, inputs into the next suit, not just for him, but for other people. Like, the Spider-Man Homecoming suit, like when he is like actively learning about the different things in that suit, every single thing where he learns about new uh, capabilities or like safety tools are all specifically because of things that happened to him and was like, I don't want that happening to this kid. So like he is always protecting and putting a suit of armor around more than just himself. Well, as he will eventually say, the world, right? Correct, I mean, that's yeah. kind of his thing is, is how can I constantly be evolving to fix, to protect everybody? All right, dude, spoilers. I was going to say <laughs> that uh, he's not trying to convince other people. He's not trying, like, I feel like when certain people get on, on certain uh, social media apps and talk a big game, they're trying, it feels like they're trying to convince people of their greatness. And I was going to say that Tony's not trying to convince anyone of his greatness, and that's not true. He's trying to convince himself of his greatness because he's dealing with all of the self-deprecation I think that Colin is is talking about comes from him being like, he's almost pep-talking himself. And in this case, he's doing it via flirtation. But if you'll notice, in this scene, he smoothly transitions into complimenting her and telling her that she is the center of this. She's the genius. Yeah, right, right. Well, and because when you think about that, there is no part of Iron Man's story in the MCU that has demonstrated Tony is capable of doing anything by himself. Everything that he's done has been in some sort of partnership with Pepper. He goes into his long sort of benders, tech benders in his basement, but all of that is enabled by his relationship with Pepper, who manages the rest of his life. And I think that this is just the the ultimate sort of continuation of their of that relationship of him being effectively less than in many ways, and her making up for those pieces uh, because she is so much more than in those ways. And and it's an important step in, I guess, the the continued evolution of not just their working life, but their romantic life. And we're getting that here because it's both. We're really seeing the relationship between the two as a couple, but then also there's like a work element to all of this and the whole conversation that plays in really nicely. And there's an evolution in it, too, I think, uh, because I was actually thinking a little bit as Pete was mentioning part of like how he talks here kind of specifically, it's like also, uh, and I'm sorry, two other people because of, you know, these things like he, I think used to definitely be kind of on his own. And maybe there were obviously people who were supporting him, but very much the billionaire life of like, I'm the one that did this despite all the work of others that helped make his stuff come true. But like, I think that he may have actually at one point fully believed I am awesome. Maybe being kind of like those politicians that we mentioned. And then after that bomb hit in Iron Man 1, 
things that change. One look. <laughs> that yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. And I think that the pepper combo thing with him, I think also became kind of a not a crutch, but I don't know what the word for it would be, but like a thing that became familiar and needed because that's what he had in the cave. Mm, interesting. Um, and I think that after he lost that connection, he kind of like the next person, but that he also knew that cared about him and that wanted him to live and succeed and stuff like that was Pepper. And then, you know, I think that kind of his relationship with, uh, and I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Jensen? Uh, yeah, the guy that, yeah, Vincent, is that the guy in the cave? Jensen. Yeah, Jensen. Sorry, I don't know why I said Vincent. That was like very weirdly like coming over to Ellis Island version of me. Um, but like he, yeah, no, but like his connection with him, I feel like I think he recognized that and was like, this is actually where I do my best work and recognizing what he and Pepper have and then, you know, latching on. And he's, he's kind of, you know, as much as like we kind of, I think a lot of people will try and dunk on him sometimes on social media for weird reasons. I think he does show frequently, even in this clip, that he can also be very much a good boyfriend uh, because Agent Coulson, who I'm sure he doesn't want to deal with for many reasons, but specifically he's like, I'm trying to, you know, Mac on my girl in a second here. So I need him to not come up these steps, you know, uh, and uh, they, they keep calling. And he's like, ignore the call. You know, like, yeah. I'm out of the office. Which is such a good relationship, bit yeah. too, because it's like he is such a teenager yeah. right here. And it's perfect. Like, you can tell he just wants to get busy and he can't get busy because she's so mature. Right. <laughs> can can you can can someone explain really quick a line to me? Um, occasionally, I have to get people to explain what something means because it it just goes right over my head, and I can't catch it. When he says, "I'm not in, I'm actually out," what does that mean? <laughs> I wrote that down too. I think here's the way that I read it, and I wrote it down as a question to talk about because it was a strange line to say, and the fact that the line happens at the exact moment when the car wash takes his helmet off. Yeah. And so I was like, is he being cheeky about the fact that he's out of his quote work outfit now? And like, he's now just going to be Tony Stark at the I'm at home. Like I, I felt like it was, it was written in a way where it's supposed to be like, I'm not at work anymore. I just took my tie off, like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. But also, there's something about the way that Robert Downey Jr. actually says the line that still yeah. throws me when he says it. Because I'm like, what does he mean? Because the, it just comes out weird out of his mouth. And I don't know if it's written that way and he just was trying to figure out how to say it or or what. I think that it's this is one of those fun things where I think that he realizes how like clever he is. Because he's saying more than one thing, in my opinion, at that moment. The way I view it is exactly what you said of like, I'm no longer in work mode. I'm now like, I'm I'm out of the office. I'm at home, right? Even though technically he's in an office, but you know, but like, it's not. Well, and he's still working. Like right. their conversation is still all about right. work. But it's, he's still you know, he doesn't have a good work, work balance, work-life balance. But like, <laughs> I think that the idea is that like, he's not out in the field. He's like back, you know, but like. He's, but he's out of of that part of the evening. Yeah, they're going to talk about it, but he knows that there's you know like a little picnic thing and some champagne. Like he's he's about to celebrate and stuff like that. But I also think that he fully has this a little bit of the ego of like, oh, they still want me for this Avengers thing, and he's not in, he's out. 
because he was told that he's not included. He's not wanted in that way. So he's like, I'm not. And then he goes, in fact, I'm out, right? Like, you can't bother me. I'm not a part of this. I'm actually out. That actually. Oh, he's reiterating that he's not into the Avengers. Right. And not a part of their, like, their organization. I think, yeah, I, I think that makes a lot more sense in context of the way he says it. It makes sense, but I still think, even with that intention, his line reading of it is weird. His line <laughs> reading of this r- reads to me like, I get what you want me to say, director, but the way you're telling me to say it doesn't make sense to me, and that conflict between the two of them was never resolved yeah. and ends up just coming out like weird mash of intention, and it's not clear. I, I think it actually, this is a great example of just line reading's gone wrong. Uh, even if I take I, I take as granted exactly what you just said, because now I'm with these other guys. That makes total sense. It makes yeah. total sense. It's something he would say, just not the way he said it to my ear. Yeah, I, the way right, I right. heard it was like, no, don't tell him I'm not in. That's pa- that's a passive way of saying I'm actually out. I'm not not in like that's like, OK, but he's really in. He's just not in. I'm actually out like yeah. intensify to a, a a a more assertive sort of uh, active voice of the verb but from now on i agree that it's a weird line delivery and he kind of has a little smirk on his face that it's not speaking of someone who says things that are not as clever as i think it does <laughs> he's not saying something that has earned that smirk uh i will now forever be like he's saying i'm actually out why oh, are they still calling yeah. i'm not going to be in the event i'm actually out yeah, I'm actually yeah. Out. I, I mean it still bugs me that it happens at the exact moment that the machine is taking his helmet off because then he says yes. i'm actually out like Oh, it just took my helmet off. I'm actually that out. Is a, it's like it, it's, a visual effects hat on a hat. Like yeah, it's not. It's, it's exactly. too much. It's, it's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I I do love the I do love the concept though of him telling uh, telling Jarvis to tell Coulson that he's out. Which if if Jarvis tells him the way that Jarvis might you know uh, you know infer here of saying like he's out, like he's not home. But like because Colson is spoiler alert, he's about to like be there like at the door. I love the concept of him being on the ground floor, getting ready to go in, looking up and watching him fly over him, and then say, <laughs> but to land in the building and say, "I'm out." And he's like, "Well, no, I know you're home, so yeah, okay, I'm yeah, coming up, right. I guess." You know, yeah. I love the, that idea of like him watching him and going, "All right, time to go in." Yeah, yeah, right. For sure. That's actually really funny. And it would have been really funny because as he's flying up, so I just geographically, I love, I've never really paid attention that closely to the shot of the street view where we're on the road and we're like right in front of Grand Central Station. We see Pershing Square right there and the Chrysler Building's there. And he kind of flies up that curved channel up to the top and where you can see the Chrysler Building, the Empire State Building. Like it's, it's fantastically constructed. But now I... <laughs> I kind of wish that there was a little tiny Easter egg in that street view shot where we could actually see Colson. Like if you're paying attention, you could see Colson on his phone as he's like walking across, like to go inside. That would have been such a fun little nuggets to throw in there Pretty that sure. you only notice if you really are really paying attention. Yeah. 
I I just have to say, because we spent a half hour talking about the MetLife building last minute, Mm, mm -hmm, (laughs) I mm -hmm. just feel like I just want to call out at second seven in this minute how cool it is to see the shell of the MetLife building down below and the Stark erupting out from the middle Uh of it. It's such great design, and this is a hero angle for that production Uh design of the building. It's just great. And it's a great little touch also, like once we cut to the the high shot looking down that channel, kind of the curved channel how you can still see like construction cranes and stuff and so it's it's really nice touches i mean we know he's just connecting the power or disconnecting it from the grid and connecting it to this arc reactor but the fact that it still is in construction like there are a lot of little nods to this that you just don't notice because all of this is happening in in milliseconds yeah but it's really nice when you're actually paying attention to see the detail that the visual effects team put in here i i really enjoyed kind of scrubbing through these two shots uh, as he's flying up to the top of the tower um, just to see the details. It's just a lot of great stuff. For sure. Well, the the shot, so we're, I know you want to talk about the car wash because apparently that's, those are words we really like saying. <laughs> but the other one that I love is actually as he's walking along it, when you get the wide shot, from the the like the helicopter shot uh, and you see Stark and the the helicopter pad and he's walking along the with the machinery walking along him to see that in place of the city is another just expertly gorgeous shot that kind of works as a trio of these things to set us in place i think it's brilliant absolutely well and the and the penthouse too you can see through the windows and actually see like the dining table and and i mean again it's stuff that you're probably not necessarily going to notice because it is happening so quickly but just the fact that they have the detail there the only thing we really don't get to see in that shot is a little pepper standing back there but she's out of view but still it's just so nicely constructed i i the way that they designed the top of this building, I think, is just spectacular. And these few shots that we get that are all like second long really celebrate the work that the team put together in designing mm-hmm. this. And thing. I'm not saying that um, Marvel like frequently misses, to be clear. But what I am saying is that like I think there's a lot of stuff that is maybe just like very they're very good at making certain things subtle, so you don't recognize you know certain mm. design changes like or design. Uh, I don't know what the word for it is. It just I feel like they're very good at making a lot of things look natural at times. But like when I when they want to like hit like a like perfectly crafted space or scene, I feel like they knock it out of the park like every time. There are very few spaces where I feel like they are ever like, isn't this like room or space or whatever neat? Where I'm like, eh, okay. It's all right. right. I feel like anytime they are like, hey, you're going to love this. I'm like, oh, you're right. I do, actually. And I feel like this is a good example of that because, like, they, you know, really are setting up, even in this moment, they are setting up a, a space that is way more important than I think they even recognized in that moment. Mm. Because it's, go- it's sure. going to play such a larger role in so many other future things, you know? Uh, and I think that that's neat to see it like being crafted in that moment where it's like still slightly under construction. And to your point, if they are making changes from one film to the next, it's nothing that's overt or huge. It all is subtle and it all ends up making sense. It's not like watching Hogwarts change from movie to movie where it's like this whole thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know it changes around from floor to floor, but geez, like the entire thing. It's doesn't, magic. It was, it was the first time I've ever <laughs> been like, that's not where that fictional building is. I've yeah. never like before <laughs> and since I've never had the experience of watching the third movie and being like, no, 
No. Yeah. What yeah. is happening here? No, this is not right. Yeah. What do you go? Where? What is this hill? <laughs> There's a moment like that at the end of like the. I think it's the sixth movie going to the seventh, maybe uh, of Harry Potter, where like it's just like, and this is literally just like an item, but it's such a huge moment where you go. There was, uh, I feel like, just no quality control in some of those, you know, functions, or they just had different teams, I guess, to make it happen quickly. So it's wild to me, like, watching them be like, hey, here's his wand on the desk, but we already buried him, and then suddenly in the next film, it's magically in his coffin with him, and you're like, all right, sure, whatever. Um, yeah. It's like, I guess we'll just accept that you just, yeah, exactly. That's, that's fair. As As we like to... <laughs> say that if something, you know, Howard Stark is the reason why something happens early in <laughs> Harry Potter, I guess you could say, it's magic. And you're like, magic, exactly. The building doesn't change <laughs> that much. They have just magic contractors there 24-7 like, ooh, <laughs> gonna mess you with your classroom schedule or whatever. Classroom schedule? Classroom layout. Yes. <laughs> your classroom schedule. That was a big point. <laughs> yeah. I was like almost at the finish line of that joke and I just fell flat on my face. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> and then I kicked your body. <laughs> I, uh, just the last point on this, and then you can, we can talk in great detail about slidey, slidey metal computer things. Uh, but the, the last point I want to make about this is how, like, no one gets a hero introduction like Tony, right? Yeah. This is dope. Cap is hitting a, a heavy bag, and he gets some witty banter. And, and, but and he's very emotional, too. And he's, he's very emotional. Yeah. He's so sad. Like, there's Nobody gets a hero introduction like this, even though Black Widow gets a dope fight. Like, that's a crazy, awesome fight. But this is royalty right here, right? This is a parade of elegance, is what we get here. Is You, you can almost imagine a few, da-da-da-da, as he's walking down this thing. And I think that that says a lot about what the MCU thinks of Tony and ultimately what they did with him over the course of 23 movies. It's a rock star entrance. Yeah. I think it also fits, it fits their personalities too, though. Like Cap is very much like, you know, he wants to be quiet about things. He's like, it's kind of like the, you know, just doing my job, you know, like a little salute. And like, I'm just like, this is what I'm here to do. Right. And Tony is like, I'm here to showboat what's going on. Let me pump some ACDC into the yeah. sound system, you know. And Thor, I would, I would, I would say Thor probably is the only other person that ever has as flashy of entrances. Right. Like the two he's of them also are royalty. That's that's a good <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's walking. He, we meet him walking into his coronation, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it's, and so it's like it's, it's a pretty big. Y- you yeah. get that. You get the like Infinity War introduction. You get uh, the uh, honestly the Ragnarok introduction, um, like at pretty much any time Thor is introduced into a series or a project or whatever, his entry is like the Asgardian version of Tony Stark's entrance. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I think like, that's everyone in Asgard yeah. wished that that was reversed, but okay, yeah. <laughs> But so what's so interesting about that is in this movie, right, the entrance that I don't think you're going to be talking about, but Thor's entrance in this movie is vastly subdued compared to his other entrances. Mm -hmm. It's an action entrance. Well, yeah, he's a very angry. Yeah, he's a very uh, intent entrance. Yeah, you're right. Because in this one, it's it's not as like, you know, hey, like I'm here to, you know, to like have a good time in a fight. But it is still like, you know, it is kind of what, yeah, what you were talking about with like, it is still like, it's, it's subdued, but it's like such a large 
I feel like entrance for because it's like the stakes are hefty in that moment, you know. Um, and I and I love that because then like then you get again like the people like Bruce Banner and Hawkeye who are just sort of like I'm good with like being in the background <laughs> and the <you> rest. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> At all, yeah. <laughs> Here on Gilligan's Island, I, I got you. Yeah. Here we are. Well, let's talk about this car wash thing. So we got this contraption, <laughs> uh, and they they started calling it the car wash because apparently there is a script where it was described as a car wash. I haven't found that in the script. I have th- two scripts. One of them says Iron Man lands on the landing pad of the tower and walks along a walkway, robotic arms deconstructing his armor. And the other says Tony arrives at his skyscraper penthouse and is in the process of taking off his Iron Man suit through a high tech gauntlet of gadgets. Ooh. Uh, I like Gauntlet of Gadgets. There's yeah. a nice kind of flow there. But at some point, it was described as a car wash. And so everybody, all the people who worked on this whole thing, and I think ILM had a big part of the effects of it, they basically started calling it the car wash and trying to figure out the way that it worked and everything. And I find it to be like the next like perfect level of Tony's technological advancements, the way that he's designed this thing. And we saw him doing it already in the first Iron Man when he builds the the whole machine coming out of his floor to kind of put the suit on and everything. I mean, it was fantastic. And this is that next step where he can do it while he's walking. And it's, I don't know, it's really fun to watch. I still marvel at the fact that his hair is so perfectly coiffed. His clothing is not ripped. There's no wrinkles like that. I don't understand that at all. I guess I just don't care because it just looks so right. cool. Right. I think that that is like a that's got to be, again, somehow a Tony Stark tech thing where it's like he has to come out looking perfect because for sure we've had people like, you know, Cap and some of that take off a helmet and the hair's a little disheveled. So they have to do like the the hand through the hair to kind of smooth it out. But like, I love that, like, again, kind of like the royalty thing. If anyone's going to come out of a costume looking just mwah. It's going to be Tony Stark. He's like, (laughs) I've got to be, I've got to look fresh when I walk out. Come on. Yeah. It's who I am. What you guys don't know is that his hair, his hair was actually replaced with carbon fiber. Mm. So it's (laughs) nanotech. I love that. Yeah. That's actually how the helmet stays on. It just weaves Mm -hmm. into his carbon fiber. They watch scrubs and did the hair met. Frighteningly disturbing. Yeah. I think that it, this is a cool uh, it's a cool thing to to watch the progress of his of, you know, like you said, his technology, because in the comics, it's really fun to watch him be like, boy, in that fight, I sure did. Uh, he used to have to like recharge, like plug in right. his suit. And like so many times he almost died because basically his defibrillator was shorting out because whatever that then. At some point, just randomly, you know, oh, we got to go fight whoever. Oh, also, I put, uh, like, thermocouples in my suit. So when people shoot heat at me, it charges my suit up. Anyways, let's go. And, like, he kept doing these things. You know, he put roller skates in. Because why wouldn't you? Right. And, like... <laughs> should have been first. That was the best. That uh, was the best. Yeah, but so I think that it's... it's so 70s, to- but God, yeah. would that have been great to have continued with. <laughs> they kept being really crucial in, in his, in his, uh, in his so ho- hero life. But I yeah. think it's cool to see that reflected here in these movies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the, the progression of how they put the suit on him is, is pretty pretty tight, actually. To go from... He has to stand still and like, you know, he has to be perfectly in line for the whole thing to go on. Then to he can put it on and walk and vice versa. 
then to the um I guess technically moving backwards a little bit, I forgot about the the temporary suit technically, like the suitcase one, which suitcase which suit, kind of right. unravels, but like it's not nearly as like strong or uh yeah much much it, good lighter right so. for the um, Iron Man on the go right exactly it's I, uh, Iron Man light uh diet Iron Man maybe um Tin Man <laughs> yeah uh but like you know to to have like the walking suit then the one where he has the little bangles on you know where it can like you know right. find him and attach and then the one where it's like with like a, a a chip inside of him to find him from anywhere it doesn't have to line up with a bracelet specifically than to like nanotech like it's cool to watch like again the concept of like he's always tinkering um is such right. a like you know you were talking earlier about how like he just wants to get busy but like it's funny because in my head i was like what's funny is is that like in a way the man is kind of always looking to get busy it's just which version right. is he looking for in that moment you know oh yeah Right. And because even in their conversation, there's there is still there's a lot of romance and flirting in their conversation that they have when they go inside. But at the same time, they are still talking about work Mm -hmm. and and it's all very cute and everything. But they're talking about the arc reactor and the power levels and everything. And and so there is that level of that constant, like, which direction am I being pulled in uh, at any particular moment? And so. Right. Well, Well, they are talking about this giant energetic erection that they have created in the form of the star tower, <laughs> the tower. <laughs> so just so yes, I get, yes. get You just had to get there. that one in there, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep. so, the giant so erection in the middle yeah. of the city. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Uh, you know, it's a, a very fun minute. Uh, we're thrilled to have had the two of you back to join us, and we are certainly looking forward to future minutes. We know one of them, and we're looking forward to that conversation uh, so tell everybody about uh, Timeline Scavengers and where they can track you and your shows down. Uh, so if you want to follow the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Timeline Scav. Uh, that's where we post all of our updates whenever episodes go live, which currently at the time that we recorded this, we're still Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I imagine that's where we'll be at the very least for all of this year. Um, who knows if we'll go up or down? Who knows? Um, as life gets busier or whatever. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and it is a mcu podcast that assembles the timeline in historical order scene by scene or sometimes day by day uh until the end of time uh at the time of recording we uh we have just finished recording agent carter uh and are starting through basically everything of origin stories essentially for the most part for the next like year and a half like that's pretty much all we're dealing with plus captain marvel as i said well that's also an origin story you know but like, and then also the rest of the story. But I mean, like, you, what, I, what I'm saying is like most of what we're recording. The parents are is, fighting. Is, Andy. Yeah, is, uh, listen, uh, I, 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 I know what I said, and I'm going to stick to it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's where you can find that show. You can also go to scavengersnetwork.com to listen to an episode or to the other shows that James and I do um, outside of uh, Timeline Scavengers as well. Awesome. Well, we will have those links in the show notes. And remember, if you're not seeing the show notes in your podcatcher, just go to our website, marvelmovieminute.com. You can uh, see all of the links there and uh, learn more about our membership program if you're interested in learning about that. Uh, so thank you both so much for joining us today. We're thank certainly you. looking forward thank to you for having conversations. Us. Absolutely. And Pete, thank you. Oh, Andy, tomorrow, Colson's at the top of Stark's erection. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, until next time, true believers, if you come back. <laughs> Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. That's my fan fiction. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so nice to not be the one. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> nice. That's nice. a place to take it for sure. <laughs> Had some really good ones this season so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.